going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Checking. You don't see my pretty sexy face, so you know I'm not alone. It's an AEW episode, guys, but don't worry, I do have a co-host this week. That's right, your savior, that's right. I am back again, Senor Guapo. Spaz, what happened? Like, seriously. Like, <laughs> I left you for one show. Uh, you shouldn't have left me for one show. Uh, I'm going to embarrass you right off the bat. Uh, Guapo wasn't with me, guys, for the Winter is Coming, uh, you know, Lame of Thrones preview because he was off having an anniversary. So first of all, a happy anniversary, bud. Thank you. It was uh, good times uh, spent with me and Mrs. Guapo. Went to uh, the land of country music and all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah. It was good. I had fun. I good. drank way, way too much moonshine, and me and my wife somehow ended up on multiple wine doors. Don't know why. Somehow. Know how. Somehow. We came home with more liquor than what we intended to. Well, you've been Googling ways to get up here to the promised land of Canada. Trust me, we'll get you, we'll get you some... Even though I don't drink beer, we'll get you some good beer. All right? It'll be fine. Oh, God. Why do I have a feeling that you'll have a six-pack of cold... Smearing off ice waiting for me as I pull up into, uh, pull up into Canada. The, the, the smearing off is mine, bro. You're on your own. Okay. Just, just give <laughs> I me will some, serve, uh... I will serve you smearing off ice out of a good old Canadian milk bag. God. <laughs> just, just, just have some Tim, Tim Hortons waiting for me and we'll be good. Hey, you got Tim Hortons in the States too. I've seen pictures. <laughs> Not here in good old Louisiana. I don't know. It's in New York. Yeah, I think well, that doesn't count. New York's another weird land, but whatever. is it, is it another? Is it another bizarro land? It is. Everything in New York's crazy. That's why you got to travel down to Jacksonville to meet the good old guys in AEW. Yeah, but I'm not like 102 years old, so I don't think they'll let me in. Moving on. So that's not the demo. It's fine. I am. I am nothing if not a fair host. As you know, uh, Jake DeMarco and myself are slowly running through the women's division of NXT because it is the best division, period, in all of mainstream wrestling, period. But, I mean, if we want to throw a bone to AEW, AEW's got some pretty good tag team wrestling. So oh, Absolutely. They got some of the best tag team wrestlers on the planet right now. Yes. Uh, so Guapo and I are basically going to do the same thing for the tag team division. Now, the difference being is Jake and I basically scraped up every female body there is in NXT. Uh, Guapo and I are not quite doing the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of teams that have only been there for a cup of coffee, a lot of teams that are only featuring on Dark, and I don't know who the hell watches Dark. So we have sort of picked the ones we can make some conversation out of, I think is a fair way to say it. I literally threw it to Guapo and said, Hey, like, let's spread this out over two podcasts. Uh, make me a list. <laughs> so Guapo has made us a list. So we're going to talk about some of the mid card of AEW's tag team division this time. And whenever we get part two out to you, that's more so going to be the main event tag teams. And I'm pretty sure you guys can figure out which ones are which, but, uh, the list and the order and all that sort of thing, all the prep, I sort of put over to uh, Guapo as his penance for missing an episode. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I mean, this was a little... Also, you know more about what you're talking about than I do. This is true. I do know more uh, what I'm talking about because this is AEW. This is my show. 
I have not watched main card WWE in over six months, and Lord, does it feel good. I mean, uh, I'm, we're, we're literally recording this in the middle of, of Raw, because Raw is terrible. And Nia Jackson, Raw's on? Nia Jackson, <laughs> Shayna Baszler, in a promo, just said that they were going to beat up Asuka until her boobs popped out her back. That is that is a promo that happened. That, that, that's a th- that, that was a thing? That's a thing that happened. That is, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, not even, I'm not even sad that I quit watching it now. Like, okay, so I'll be honest. I've I've not watched anything for main card. However, uh, I mean, you like me, you watch what, what culture, so you get the gist of what's happening. Yep. I have seen little clips and watched a couple matches. Uh, like some of the stuff where right now that they're doing Roman Reigns, which honestly, this is the best Roman's ever done. Uh, oh, there are th- this is the thing, and the, and Jake and I have touched touched on this a bunch too, because you know he and I specifically focus on on NXT. So when we meander into main roster conversation, it is because like there's these one or two things that you do want to talk about, but you you really got to pick and choose what you like. Like the Roman and Jey Uso thing is cool. Uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I like the pairing of the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Um, <laughs> Sort of the mid-card, a lot of the stuff that's going on on SmackDown right now is good. Like the mid-card uh, with with um, guys like Daniel Bryan and Big E and, and guys like them all, all stuff. There are good things to be had, but you're, you're stretching it over five hours if you include Raw and SmackDown. Right, exactly. And coming off coming off the back of war games, um, not even I'm not even going to get into this as, as a Wednesday night war conversation because I think that conversation is getting a bit tired at this point. But I think, considering the the space that the world is in right now, NXT is in a better spot than it has been in in a while, especially the women's division. Absolutely. And I mean, undisputed era is still undisputed era, and yeah. Um, uh, yes. So, so do we, so do we, uh, carry on? You've got a couple of honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I can, I can lend a bit of opinion to one of them. <laughs> so go ahead with your honorable mentions and then we'll get into the teams we're going to talk about tonight. Alright, some mid-card honorable mentions. First up, we have the Gun Club, Billy and Austin Gun. Uh, Billy and Austin Gun, obviously a father-son duo. It's great to see Billy Gunn in action whenever they do get to wrestle together. Uh, Austin's definitely coming into his own. He still hasn't uh, lived up to the height of his father. Literally? Literally. He's he, he's short. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Austin, but you, 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 you're a little, uh, you didn't meet the cut. <laughs> no, no, here, here, here it is. Here it is. Who, ju- who just called you short? It was me, Austin. It was me all along. Oh God, no! That's all I got. Just, just no. See, here is anyway. here is my here is my problem with the Gun Club, and I don't really have a problem with them per se. Is it's I don't watch Dark. Right. Now I know um, AEW stems a lot from being the elite, which was a YouTube phenomenon, and there's a lot of people that are willing to like absolutely pick up every little thing that they drop, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. Uh, there's a lot of people that get a lot out of that. I'm not necessarily one of them because, you know, more or less being the WWE guy, I'm already consuming a lot of wrestling and it's sort of this weird, like, 
come out on a Wednesday and hang out with us, but you've also got homework feeling. So I don't watch Dark, and I only see Billy and Austin Gunn in the crowd watching on Dynamite. So to me, they're part of the audience. And that's right. not that's not a, a venue where I can... I know they've been involved in stuff, and they've had spots, and Billy Gunn is Billy Gunn. And if you go back to the DX days, obviously investment that way but it 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 gives me literally not to say nothing bad about either one of them it sort of gives me a a a net zero as far as being able to form an actual opinion on them other than hey i wonder what they can do i hope they get in the ring soon yeah and that and the only reason why i put them on here they uh because i have seen them on dark a lot but also just because they have the potential to be a decent mid-card tag team on the main roster on uh, Dynamite, so uh, definitely, definitely can see some good things with them. Uh, next up, still in the honorable mentions, this is a new tag team that we're actually going to be seeing in action this Wednesday night: the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, both of which have made a good, uh, good stay on Dark lately. Uh, this is also a new tag team. I know you don't have much to say about them because you haven't seen them. Uh, I've but. seen I've seen the odd match with Brian Pillman Jr. Obviously, you know the associations with his dad and whatever. I don't right. think unless it unless I just didn't notice it. I don't think I've seen a Griff Garrison match unless he was in like an enhancement position at some point. Uh, I believe. Don't quote me on this. I want to say he fought Cody for the title, uh, the TNT title, maybe. But I might be thinking of something else. He was definitely an enhancement talent on a episode of Dynamite at some point. Uh, But he's also one of those ones that have made a really good name on Dark. Okay. Uh, He's built himself up pretty well. Yeah. from what I hear, Dark just keeps getting longer and longer, too. Is that the thing? Is that... Yes. It it went from being a really easy, digestible hour to... Every so often, it goes over to the two-hour range, and once has went to the two-and-a-half-hour range, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just because it's a... It's something on YouTube that I can easily either fast-forward and or just skip altogether. I you, can, you can almost Netflix it. More or less, yeah. Uh, there's definitely the couple matches that you see pop up, like, okay, I'm going to stay here and watch the whole thing. And there's a couple, like, eh, skip, skip, skip. I don't know. But, it's just, like like I say, I watch, and I mean, it's no secret. I mentioned, I mentioned it on this channel a lot. The way my Wednesday nights go, I watch NXT on my shitty American stream, because we don't get a proper uh, Canadian stream up here in Canada. We have to watch the shitty American commercials. Your guys' commercials are worse than ours. And then while I'm uh, editing that review, I'm sort of like listening and watching AEW while I do other stuff. But I have looked up the odd time, and I know they do their best to update everybody on what happened on Dark during Dynamite. They do the little runner at the bottom of the screen, which I think is really cool, right? Like, because each show should inform the other in theory like like it's not a raw smackdown situation but i watch the runner and it's just like match after match after result after result after result and i'm looking at that like how is that not a longer show than dynamite it can definitely go over um i typically so 
for dark because not, a lot of it's not like stuff I really need to like pay close attention to. Uh, for me, for like work, I, I'll honestly will have it on in the background for while I'm at work doing my office work in the morning. When I can glance at it, when I uh, want to see something, I can back it up when I need to, and also listen to the commentary following the match. So is it, is it a case of, like, do they give you a rundown in advance of, like, what you're going to see? And it, if you uh, if you hear a con- uh, combination that gets your attention, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll wait till that match comes on? Yeah, I mean, they always post, uh, I believe it's, they always post, like, what matches are in the show, like, in the uh, description every week. Oh, that's cool. So you're able to see what you're going to get, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I just... It's very, like I say, um, I'm me being sort of the outsider guy, not being into the elite before all elite wrestling was a thing. Uh, I know it's it's not a popular opinion that I have, but it really does it does kind of feel like here's the main show. Now, if you want some more of the show, go here. Now, if you want some more of the show, go here. It's it's like a it's like they've set out a little internet search and find, and for somebody who wasn't drawn to them that way initially. It's, it is a little off-putting, and un- unfortunately, the people that get slotted into that category, it sort of has that, uh, there's the bucket where they're keeping the extra guys, and when we need them to do something, they'll show up on Dynamite. Sort of like a, a main event, or a Sunday Night Heat, or a, or a, what's the other one? Superstars. Yes. Like, where, how, where they were just, they were there, and they were doing stuff, like, unbelievably, they were keeping Ali, and Ricochet, and folks like that on there which didn't make any sense and there's probably the same thing here with with dark but it'll be interesting to see how that works out this coming tuesday for the record we are recording this on monday december 7th uh theoretically this will be going out this friday but you never know and uh i don't know what else i'm going to be recording this week so for the record you guys typically like to tell me if something goes out and we've missed something maybe it's because it hasn't happened yet uh, but as it stands right now, tomorrow night, Kenny Omega is doing his spot on Impact Wrestling, and I'm really wondering how that's going to work long-term, because doesn't that run at the same time as AEW Dark? Technically, yes. Okay. Well, but, uh... so, so, instead of Fox versus USA Network, it's Twitch versus YouTube. To be honest... It's not much of a competition because Dark is... I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's Dark matches. Yeah, basically. And what the heck happened? I'm sorry, I'm trying to get... My notes are being stupid. Uh, I just had... Okay. Well, the last honorable mention you had, because I've got your notes up on my screen <laughs> oh, as no, well, yeah, uh, is a um, team that I actually can talk about a little bit, which is the Hybrid 2 who just recently yes. came back on Dynamite uh, and actually started being uh, a, an actual element in the story recently, which I'm really hyped about, no pun intended, um, because when AEW first started, uh, I didn't know who the best friends were, I didn't know who the Hybrid 2 were, but they were the, they were the two teams that... How can I say this? I didn't care who they were. I didn't care if they were good guys or bad guys. Um... They're very much the, hey, these guys are flashy and do cool shit. <laughs> and that's all you need to know to enjoy the match. Which goes against 
what I say about wrestling like 99% of the time. Like you and I had the conversation off air about, you know, uh, the Bucks bother me. We're going to talk about the Bucks in the next pod, obviously. But basically, like, they, like, refuse to decide whether they're face or heel and they're, like, doing good guy shit, but they're also being heels and beating up announcers and, like, pick a lane, I want to know what the story is type thing. This is the kind of thing, at least in the early days of Dynamite, where it was completely the opposite for me, where it's just like, cool, I know what these guys do, they're going to come out, and in the most positive way possible, like, they can do some flippy shit, and it's just going to be, it's going to be, co- like, what is, uh, what, what do they call it on the dirties, the cocaine wrestling, where you're just going to have, like, a bunch of cool, a bunch of cool spots, um, and it's just going to be flat, it's going to be like the Michael Bay of wrestling, if, if, if that makes sense. I'm I'm really not that they're really going in a particular direction just yet. I'm really happy to see these guys back on Dynamite. Yeah, me too. Uh, Hybrid two are definitely a uh, with Unholico uh, and Jack Evans. It's it's definitely a very they click very well. Their characters uh, are different. The I mean I'm not sure really how to really you can really explain them. They're they do flippy dippy shit, but it's very technical. It's very fluid how they work. So uh, yeah, there there is there is a uh, what they do for flippy shit, and and I'm not using flippy shit in the normal typical way that like old school wrestling fans use it as a, yeah. as a negative thing. But yeah, they do they do do the technical wrestling equivalent of of flippy shit because I could see them like taking somebody off the top rope and pulling them into a submission from that position. Like, it's right, not exactly. its not just... Okay, uh, people are going to hate that I'm using the Bucks as the example, but what's it called? The Meltzer driver? Yes. It's a pile driver, and your brother's doing a flip next to you. Yeah. Like, there, and I get that people love that. I get that there's a ridiculousness factor that people like about that, but... If if that's if that if that's not your cup of tea, there is none of that unnecessary like performative shit in what TH2 do because everything they do seems to have like it's still fun and it's still like I say the cocaine wrestling and the high flying mm-hmm. unbelievable acrobatic spots, but there's nothing nothing in their offense comes off as unnecessary. It right. is I think the best way to put it. I agree with you. Anyways, uh, interesting to see, because there are a lot more... um, Sorry, I'm losing my headset, so that kind of sucks. There's a lot bigger names in the title picture right now. Like, you've got your Bucks up there, you've got your Revival... I mean, sorry, Mm -hmm. FDR up there. You've got... uh, I know a couple of the big factions are probably going to want to take cracks at that title soon. I would love to see these guys get a title shot somewhere in the middle. Maybe not necessarily a win, but a nice, mm-hmm. a nice strong exhibition against the Bucks, who will work well with their style. And you know, almost you can have one of those mirror image kind of matches. Uh, right. Could be really good. But it looks like they're going to. Uh, it looks like they're going into something with the new, the new team that debuted against the Bucks. Uh, I can't think of the name of now. Uh, uh, Top Flight. Yes. So it looks like it looks like they're attacking them, which is a nice, simple little thing. These guys are the brand new guys on the block, and they get to be on dynamite. And TH2 has been around for a while, and they didn't. That I love right. that. Again, like like I said about their their in ring stuff, that story is simple. It's a nice little nugget of story that doesn't. You don't need to do your homework on it. It's just there, and it makes sense. 
So even at, even as sort of a mid-card or even a lower-card tag team feud, uh, I'm looking more forward to that than necessarily who gets the next title shot. It's definitely going to be a good match and definitely one to watch uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, all right, so moving on into our main card of our mid-card. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? All right. I, I, uh, I do see what you did there. And right, you know what? Ahead. Everybody else just heard what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and now this is in no, no particular order at all. Um, I'm just going to jump around on you there, Spaz, to keep sure. you on your toes. So let's start off with probably the most mid-cardy card of uh, people on this, on my list. The Dark Order consisting of John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Okay. Here's where I'm going to break some hearts. Um, I know people have a lot of fun with John Silver, because yeah. he's like he's like the kooky guy in the Dark Order, right? But uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I that only goes so far, and if he's the kooky fun guy, by default his partner is just the other guy. And I'm sorry, as much as the Dark Order story has a lot of good components to it, like they've got um, they've got Uno and Grayson who are like the main two guys I mean right. Brody Lee is still injured so he hasn't been there uh, to the best of my knowledge is he still do we know when he's coming back uh, they have not said yet okay uh, there's been rumors that he's going to be coming back soon but uh, they haven't said anything yet about Brody okay because what I was gonna say is it seems like in the absence of Brody Lee like the rest of the group has sort of like split off and started to get like a m- more individualized identity. Right. Now, Uno and Grayson were the ones we met first, so they're always going to yes. stick out as sort of like the first introduction. Uh, I think the uh, Ale- what's her name? Uh, Anna J. Anna J. Uh, Tay Conte uh, story is kind of interesting, with one of them being in, one of them being out, but they're still a team. Like, there's some dynamic right. there. The only ones that still look like two generic goobers under Brody Lee are these guys, and it's only because everybody else sort of has something else going on, like you got, um, what's his name, Colt Cabana, who's sort of, I guess, playing the idiot, and thinks Brody Lee's like the greatest thing ever, and he's having a good time, and he's made all these new friends, and whatever, and they've got the recruiting story with, uh, you well, with, uh, with Hangman. Right, where where right, they right. where they want to get him in, but he's already a, a character before he comes in. Uh, Colt Cabana was already a character before he came in. Anna J was kind of a character before she came in a little bit. Uh, uh, Uno sort of. I mean, she had the star of the show thing that she yeah started doing, but it. I mean, her her just being like legitimately a new wrestler. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a character. It was a character without being a character. But she has a story outside of the Dark Order, is right. what I'm going with there. But And then, like I said, uh, even go as far as look at somebody like Ten, who just, by virtue of being the big motherfucker, is like, okay, right. in, in this group, who's the heavy artillery? It's that guy. So the only ones that really just look like a couple of putties from Power Rangers are these two guys. Which is really unfortunate, because yeah. what they can do in the ring is fantastic. But, like... 
the guy, one of them, their gimmick is I'm the kooky guy that does funny shit and whatever. And by de- like I say, by default, his partner is the one that's not as not as fun. <laughs> um, I know it hits for some people, and I see I see where it hits for some people. Right now, it's not hitting for me because they're not even the most entertaining two in their own faction. Like I see them come out with the Dark Order music playing, and I think stuff like I'd rather be like if we're gonna see a tag team from from Dark Order, I'd rather see Uno and Grayson, for right. example. Like, if I see you, and the first thing I think of is who I'd rather see, something's not hitting. Not to say that they're not trying, not to say that a lot of people aren't having a lot of fun with them. They are great in the ring. Fantastic. Uh, the, the singles match that he had with, oh, can't remember his name. Can't remember who he fought in the really, really good match, too. Did he fight Hangman recently? Um, yes, I, I, I want to think. Anyway, he had, he had one, uh, he had one singles match yes. recently that was really, yes. that was really, really good. Yeah, it was Silver Hangman. Um, so yeah, even that, like, even yeah, there, was, e- even really there, want... I'm just pulling out, I'm pulling out a singles match with the kooky I guy. I really want, uh, I really want a match between Silver and, pa- uh, Pack. Because you'll kill him? It would just be a really good physical match, honestly. Gotta say, uh, not part of the tag team conversation, but but it is really good to see Pack back. Yeah. Not definitely. only not only because a Pack's awesome, uh, but also it just sort of indicates that hey, the world is starting to loosen up a little bit. There has been a bit of travel uh, over on WWE's side of things. We got Pete Dunne back. We got the grizzled young veterans back. Supposedly, we're getting Walter soon. Um, so. Not only great to see Pack, but also great to know like what seeing Pack possibly means for wrestling. Because I know there's a lot right. of people that, you know, there's people that want to go from Canada to the states. There's people that want to go from the states to Japan. Want to go from the states to the UK. Uh, so hopefully more of that for sure. Uh, I've heard rumors about Nick Aldis. I don't know from where. Uh, I don't know whether he's in the UK or whether he's in the US, but would love to see him come back and do something. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Mr. Mickey James. Um, but yeah, like I say, Dark Order, Silver, and, and Reynolds, good enough team. Hope hope they get something that grabs my attention eventually right now, right at this particular moment, not my cup of tea. Well, all right, so moving on from the Dark Order to... Your one of your favorite tag teams, Fess. What's that? Weighing in at 24 ounces of cranberry vodka, Private Party. I really like Private Party. I like I like their <laughs> vibe. I like the fact that they're entertaining. You you you, you have grown, Private Party's grown on you, haven't they? Private Party's grown on me, and they, are they are they no longer the Street Profits light for you? I mean, they're still Street Profits light, but Street Profits are crime time light. Crime time... Exactly. Well, like, I'm, like, that's not... It's not any less true. It's a little less bad now. Yeah. How's that? But no, they are I mean, entertaining. Uh, the the teaming of them with Matt Hardy, I think, is great. Yeah, um, it's, it's a great storyline that they're doing with that right now. Because he's doing the Doc Hendricks role. Yes. Which I think is... Which, he's even gone back to the, you know, the tight t-shirt gimmick from like back when the three of them were together all we need now is lita 
But Lita's busy doing Twitch with Zelina Vega. It's fine. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> do, do we want to segue off into the Twitch conversation? No. 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 We're not doing that right now. No, we're not doing that right now. Except for watching Twitch tomorrow night to watch TNA to watch Kenny Omega on Twitch. On uh, TNA. I thought you were, uh, were going to throw uh, Kip Sabian and Miro in there. And let me say, I know they're not in here, but I'm going to say for the record, Kip Sabian and Miro can still fuck the fuck off. <laughs> there we go. There's their entry on this list. They can fuck the fuck off. No, private party Private party's a lot of fun. And I, uh, I, I compare private party, and don't, you're going to laugh at this. It's fine. I'm going to make an NXT comparison. Damien, okay. Damien Priest. Right. On 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 NXT, Jake and I, yes. have been, Jake Punish, and I, have, Punishment Martinez. Sure, uh, Jake and I have been saying this forever. We've we, our opinion of him has sort of gradually grown over time. Um, I love Damian Priest's gimmick, and he's more gimmick than he is wrestler. Right, but that doesn't mean he's a bad wrestler. No, he's a great wrestler. I do I do translate that over onto Private Party a little bit. Because they are great wrestlers. They are entertaining wrestlers. They got endurance for days. Obviously, they're young, energetic. Um, when they do have a crowd, they have a great interaction with that crowd. Uh, but I think they are more character than wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they are more gimmick than wrestler. I think in the ring, they are more fun than wrestler. And that's not a bad thing. No. That's not a bad thing at all, because that that would make a direct that would make an awesome direct counter to a team like FTR. Yes. Now, the only the only thing I can say about them, uh, Mark Quinn and what's Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, yes, Isaiah Cassidy. The only thing I can say for them with that with that statement for you is they're young, so they definitely have the ability to grow in their characters and in their wrestling to where they can mix and meld the two much better because i mean the wrestling itself both of them are great inside the ring oh yeah now because they've both they've both had individual great matches with jericho yes and i mean like what what kind of what, what kind of a reference for a young wrestler is a guy like jericho right but I mean, like, I, I don't I don't want people to misunderstand me. When I say they're more gimmick than wrestler, that doesn't mean I think they're bad wrestlers. I just think that their their gimmick and the fun aspects of their gimmick even supersedes what I think they can do in the ring. And I mean that in a positive way. Uh, and it, like I say, the Damian Priest comparison is the same the same way too. I love Damian Priest because basically it's Brandon Lee's crow, which yeah. is no bad which is no bad thing if you like my if you know my taste in movies. But I think he's a great. I think he's being right now being underrated as a wrestler. But I think his character supersedes it all. I think these guys are fantastic in the ring, and I think some people watching them may not get that because everything is is a little bit overwhelmed by by the sort of like the vibe they bring to the ring, the party atmosphere. That's why I, that's why I make the Street Profits comparison. Like Street Profits in the ring are fantastic as well. But when they are in the ring, when they are having a match, it's a party for everybody that's watching it. And they're almost in danger of hiding how good they are behind how much fun they're having. So I hope I hope for their sake that doesn't happen to them, because they are they are doing some cool shit. And uh, I get the two names mixed up, but the guy the one that has the, the long 
ring jacket with the tails and does all the flippy shit with those Mark tails. Quinn. I'm like, you could fuck that up. Like, there, there's a Bianca Belair oh, hair, there's a Bianca Belair hair situation just waiting to happen there, but it hasn't happened yet. And it, and again, something like that gives the already awesome aerial stuff even more flair. So nothing but good things to say about the Street Profits. Again, street like. Profits. Fucking shit. Private party. Private party. Their party is private. The other party's happening in the street. Anyways, yeah. it's fine. Somebody's going to call me racist. It's fantastic. No, it's fine. I mean, they're very similar gimmick-ish types. Have so. you ever seen Leon Ruff and Leo Rush in the same place at the same time? No, no, I have not. <laughs> I'm a terrible person, and I'm going to hell, but that's fine. Oh, Lord. Anyway, uh, up next... Uh, I'd actually... I will say one thing, Private Party. If you just want to go to, like, Styles Make Matches, I would love to see Private Party have a feud with the Butcher and the Blade. Just because I think they're that different. <laughs> yeah. Butcher trying to swat them out of the air while he's, like, firmly on the ground. Oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> Silly uh, string Christ. on Blade. Jesus Christ. Anyways, yeah, I'm done. I would watch I think it'd be great. Anyway. Oh, I think it would. Um, let's move into a, into a bigger faction, but I believe these two end up in the mid card of the, uh, faction. Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. I hate, I, I hate to put them here, but this is where I'm putting them. Well, this is the thing is, like, you kind of have to, in a way, because they're, they haven't been anywhere near... The, I mean, the last big feud for them has been Best, best Friends. Friends. And yeah. Best Friends came out on top. And yes. it's funny, it's funny, because I think, I think there was a swapping of places there. And, and um, spoiler alert, Best Friends are going to be on the ones we talk about in the next pod. Um, I really do think that Best Friends and uh, Santana and Ortiz switched places in that feud. Yes. Because yeah. from the beginning, like, like I said with uh, TH2, I saw TH2... And the best friends, and there's another team that I can't think of now. Um, as like I say, that that opening opening act, like the like people you like um, WWE used to put Hardys in the first match always because it was the one that would get the the crowd going. Like they were the curtain, they were the functional curtain jerkers, like in a positive way. Um, so it it sort of defined them as sort of being like the lower card tag team but at the same time they're gonna go out there they're gonna do like i like i say again a little bit of cocaine wrestling and get everybody going but it i, th I thought it put the best friends in in that certain spot right yes especially especially like i say as a team that i wasn't as familiar with at the time here's two guys that i don't know so if they're starting at the bottom and i'm seeing them at the bottom i can watch them grow and what by the time they get to a prominent spot i will have gone you know, as a fan, you go on journeys with the wrestlers that you like. I thought, okay, they're going to go up that journey, and I'm going to watch them go, and it's going to be great. It's going to be literally, in my case, a Jeff Hardy situation. Right. But they had the thing with Santana and Ortiz, and Santana and Ortiz had the immediate star power because they were the chosen tag team of Chris Jericho. And I'm sorry, like, the minute Jericho walks out with five other people surrounding him, those five other people are elevated. Correct, and and that's the whole reason why I even put uh, Santana Ortiz right here. It's just because I, I agree with you with the switch in power of uh, where where they fall in this rankings in this uh, 
main event, mid card, however you want to really put it. Uh, whenever, uh, sorry, it's hard in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whenever the best friends, there it is. Uh, I swear I could speak. Whenever the best friends did beat them in that back, uh, was it of uh, the backlog uh, brawl? Yes, the backlog brawl. And you know we got who is it? Uh, Trent's mom flipping them off on the way out. It was a perfect ending to the story, as well as a good switch in power of where the best friends and Santana Ortiz should be at in the card, as well as just the fact that Santana Ortiz really didn't need to be higher on the card because when you're getting the rub from Le Champion, then it's all good. And see that's 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 the sticky thing, right? Because I think they they put him with Jericho, or they put them with Jericho, I should say, and thought, okay, well, we don't have to really worry about them because they're part of this bigger, huge Jericho story, right? But if you right. do that, you've sort of decided that they're slightly in a different part of the card now. They're not in the tag team division anymore. They're part of a Jericho story, right. and because of that. They've always been prominent, and we see them every week, but when was the last time, unless they've done something on Dark, when was the last time we we saw Santana and Ortiz in a straight-up tag team match with anybody? Probably against Best Friends. Yeah. And but, I think, uh, but Best Friends, because they're not part of a faction store. I mean, like, they've got Orange Cassidy with them, which is fine, but they're not part of a thing that takes them out of the tag team division. No. I think... As, as much as it's bad for Santana and Ortiz, you sort of solidified them as Jericho's backup, whereas Best Friends became this team that was stepping over those guys into the tag team division. And you sort of get that that sideways rub from Jericho. It's like, okay, we beat Jer- these guys that Jericho chose. And Jericho, while he's had a lot of singles success, is a former multi-time tag team champion. So he does know his shit. So for Santana and Ortiz to be just like lumped in with Jericho as his backup while best friends beat Jericho's chosen guys to get themselves into that spot, it's a nice, neat little story, but I do hope Santana and Ortiz get back in there at some point. And the way the way that the inner circle... I I think once the inner circle finally does disband, which, I mean, could be this week... I mean, storyline-wise, it could possibly be this week. Uh, Storyline-wise, the inner circle isn't what it was a couple months or even weeks ago. Correct. But, uh, I mean, even, I mean, story. if you go by storyline, if they do break up, Santana or Ortiz are in a good spot, and they have a good rub to where, you know what, if they really want to, beginning of next year, they can go on a big tear, and this time next year, they could be champions. Oh, they could. I mean, they they could put the machine behind them, and they they could be believable tag team champions in a month. Yeah. But I think, uh, and I mean, every wrestling company is, is guilty of this. I'm not just picking on AEW, but it's like, okay, you've got an ex, uh, an established guy like Jericho, and you put some younger talent with him, like Santana and Ortiz, like uh, Sammy Guevara, like you know Jack Swagger that needed some rehabilitation. <laughs> let's just say. Um, but you, you, you think, okay, well, we've put them with Jericho, so Jericho will work on getting them over. We'll go focus on some other teams. But, like, being part of a team of five doesn't get you any closer to the to the tag team championships. So I think, I think, 
I think they might have got themselves into a little bit too comfy a corner booking wise. But I think, well, like you say, with the the dissolution of Inner Circle, probably by the end of January, I would say at the latest. I yeah, think I can I can see them breaking them up. I don't want to say right this second, but fairly soon. Yeah, I just don't want it to be a case of, like, MJF's on one side and Jericho's on the other side and they split the inner circle down the middle, so just to symbolize that, we're going to split up the tag team and Santana is going to be in Jericho's corner and Ortiz is going to be in MJF's corner because you can't symbolize a split unless you split the tag t- Like, it's very, very similar to the Undisputed Era conversations I'm having in NXT. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next uh, tag team. Probably one of my favorites. Or actually, you know what? We're gonna save that one. So, SCU. <laughs> I love how you just drove a complete circle around Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Hey, hey, hey we're gonna get there. But SCU, uh, Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, or as I know them, the Dirty Heels from yep, TNA. Dirty heels. Uh, <laughs> I mean. They, they've solidified themselves. They they are the first, uh, well, technically SCU is the first AEW tag, cha- uh, tag team champions, even though it was Scorpio Sky and Kazarian, but still counts, sort of. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When you sent me your, your list of who you wanted to talk to uh, or talk about tonight, I'm glad you specified that we're talking about Daniels and Kaz only because there is such a nostalgia thing with, with them for me. Yes. Because, you know, as much as as much as we shit on TNA and as much as we shit on Impact or whatever, like, people were watching at the high point of, of TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it. And there was a good reason. Like, look at all the people that have had, like, various success everywhere else now. Like, in the era where you had Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, James Storm, um, you know, Kazarian, Daniels, um, right. all these people... Like the X division was it. Like we oh, talk absolutely. We talk about um, you know Wednesday Night Wars. We talk about you know the tag team division on AEW. We talk about the women's division in NXT. You could have very well said the X division in TNA. Um, I mean Daniels, the uh, the famous triple threats between like Daniels, Styles, and Joe. Yeah. Were, were were the main event. Even though it was for the X Division title, those matches were the main event. And Kazarian came on later on, and I did mention this. I did mention this uh, in the video, or in the episode that you weren't here for, because we were talking about uh, Winter Has Fallen, and specifically the uh, Jericho-Kaz match. Yeah. Kaz, more than anybody, even though there were people that outshone him on occasion, and there were people that got main event spots before him... Kaz always struck me as the one guy that I was surprised WWE never picked up. Cause like you know the you know they always say the what they say about Randy Orton like oh if you're gonna build a wrestler from the ground up you know there's the guy and like Kaz was that like it yeah. at his high point in 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 Impact like you see them pick up guys like Joe you see them pick up guys like Styles you see them pick up guys like Eric Young and. Uh, who else? I'm, I, there's somebody I'm leaving out, obviously. Austin Aries. Austin Aries was another great example, but you see them pick all those guys out, and while they all fit, other than Austin Aries, like Samoa Joe's doing commentary right now, AJ Styles became WWE champion, um, all this sort of thing. I mean, I mean, Aries became uh, cruiserweight champion. 
Yeah, and then he was gone. Yeah, well. And then he showed up. I'll tell you something. Austin Aries showed up for a Destiny title match against Pete Dunne, which then became a triple threat when James Ellsworth cashed in his briefcase. (laughs) It it was good times. Um, No, but I don't don't know. There's something about Kazarian. Even Kazarian now, because Daniels... I love seeing Daniels. Still, don't get me wrong. But when you see Daniels, like, from his heyday, like, from his X Division, like, walking the tightrope in the Ultimate X match heyday to now, like, time does what it does. Uh, You watch watch Jericho wrestle, time does what it does. Not to say that they're still not performing, like, at at their peak of their abilities today, but Kazarian hasn't aged in the ring. Yeah. Like at all, it's scary. Like he seems, uh, like it seems like he should up. be. He, it seems like he should be teaming with Scorpio instead right. of with Daniels. And it sounds like I'm shitting on Daniels, guys. I'm really not. Kazarian could easily, easily be in the TNT or AEW title picture. Yes, absolutely. and that's not to say I want SCU to break up. Like, it's really not. Uh, these guys, I think these guys, like for what they can contribute like, behind the scenes and in in front of the camera, I think these guys are drastically underused, if anything. Like... I I could definitely agree with that. Uh, Like, you could have two strong storylines going on. Like, if you got a young team... If you got somebody already chasing the tag team championships, start a second story with another young team you want to put over, put them with SCU, and let them run through all the different... Especially because there's three people in SCU. Let them run through the different iterations of SCU, like Daniels, Kaz, Daniels, Scorpio, Scorpio, Kaz, all that sort of thing. You could have... They could be the AEW tag team mid-card story machine, if you let them. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think they've got like so much to contribute. I know, I know at least Daniels has... Uh, some some jobs backstage as well. I think he's doing some of the coaching and some of the promotions, if I'm not mistaken. You probably know better than me. I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, I, I'll blank for a second. Uh, uh, just talking <laughs> about, like, uh, a lot of these guys are pulling double duty, and I know I've heard that Daniels has some, some strong positions backstage as well yes, as when he's performing Daniels in the ring. Daniels is a head of talent relations. Oh, is that what it is? I thought he was. I yes, thought he was in promotion. I thought he was in promotion for some reason. No, talent relations. So he is. He's the guy that uh, everybody contacts uh, for booking and getting in, basically. Oh, and very He's the cool. one that makes the call. He's the one that makes the calls to make the offers. Oh, there you go. So maybe that's why he's not wrestling so much. Um, exactly. But da- Daniel is so good on the mic, though. Like even even if he couldn't wrestle anymore, which would be unfortunate. Like imagine him as a manager. And I will say. Yeah. Um. Hold I, on think to your... he, I think eventually he's going to move into that type of role. Hold on to your bootstraps for a second, because I'm going to give AEW some credit, guys. AEW does manage the manager role better than WWE. Absolutely. Um, now, I will say, none of it being bad, but I think there's too much of it. Like, to the point, if everybody, like, if everybody has a manager, then having a manager stops becoming a unique thing. Uh, like Taz is a manager, Tully is a manager, Arn is a manager. Apparently, Sting is going to be a manager. I've heard. I don't want to speculate too much. Yeah, that's been. But that's now, been a rumor going around. Now Don Callis is managing Kenny Omega. Apparently, so I think they need to 
not overdo it, but what right. they are but what they are doing is good. Uh, but I think Christopher Daniels as either a manager or you know what, e- e- even a voice on commentary. Like there is there is the rumor of the uh, of them having a second televised show maybe sometime next year. Yeah, Christopher Daniels on commentary. Like it's not a conflict. Like Taz is a manager of a faction and he still does commentary on Dark if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And Jericho um, is an active competitor who does commentary sometimes. Yes, and that's one I was about to say. Whenever Jericho does finally decide to hang up the boots and not wrestle anymore. I can honestly see him being a commentator for AEW. Most oh, I think when Jericho retires from the ring, your commentary team is going to be JR and Jericho. Yeah. Like, as well as just a point of... I can see him moving into a Jerry uh, 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 King yeah. uh, Lawler role to where he will wrestle every so often. But yeah, but it'll not- be like a Legends deal. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if you think about it, right, because their commentary right now isn't terrible. I I have problems with it on occasion because it, like it still feels like they talk over each other. But if you imagine, um, like, Excalibur, I don't know what qu- quite what to do with Excalibur. I like him, but I don't know where he fits. But if you get to the point where they're saying they're going to have two different shows, uh, if one team was, say... You know, Jim Ross and Chris Jericho, and the other team was Tony Schiavone and Christopher Daniels. Right. That's a hell of a commentary team, or a commentary oh, group of a group of teams. And Excalibur could maybe rotate in and out. Taz could p- focus more on the group that he's managing. Like you've got a nice floating team there. Um, but let me let me just say, like, I'm not saying that because I'm pushing the idea of Daniels not wrestling anymore. But the guy has other things to contribute if and when the day comes. When he's not wrestling anymore, like right. we just we just saw the retirement of the Undertaker, like from in-ring competition, supposedly. But I but I hope he's got some kind of backstage role. Uh, I've said I've said it before. You um, you put him in the PC somewhere, where uh, everybody used to talk about uh, Dusty Rhodes, you know, rest in peace and all that. Uh, Dusty Rhodes's commentary class. You're gonna tell me Mark Calloway couldn't teach a class on how to build a character? Oh God! Like would be so amazing as a uh, a teacher. Yeah. Only thing is, uh, does he I want to? Know, I don't. Well, not uh, not just the fact of does he want to. How much is it going to cost him? Well, I mean, he's got he's signed a, a contract with WWE for that started at like 15 years a year ago. Right. So he's not. It's not like he's not going to get paid. But I'm oh, just. No. I'm just thinking, like, you got the, the characters in there right now, like Karrion Cross, like Demon Finn Balor, like The Fiend, like, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, anybody else I could mention along, along that line. Think about the type of things, because those are not, like, regular everyday Joes. They're not John Cena's or Randy Orton's or Daniel Bryan's. Those are characters that need to be created. Think about what the guy that brought The Undertaker to life could contribute to that. Now, conversely... Christopher Daniels, Chris Jericho, guys like this that didn't just stay in the WWE system, that did go, you know, Impact, ROH, a little bit of WWE, probably a lot of a lot more uh, experience over in Japan, probably did some stuff in the UK at some point. I know Jericho was down in Mexico and all that. Now take that take that 
um, that mold that I just laid out for The Undertaker, being the guy that basically made his career in one company, give these guys roles like that, and how much do they have to contribute backstage uh, after their time in the ring is done? Right. Now, on top of that, now add commentary as well, because they're both great talkers, and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, even uh, even if Daniels has to hang it up eventually, which is... I was not really the conversation I wanted to have here. Uh, Kazarian and Sky, either as a team or individually, SCU can still be SCU off doing singles shit. But yeah, but no, these two specifically, just huge nostalgia for the, for the, uh, TNA X division. And, uh, the, the, one of the good reasons to watch TNA. Anyway, so who do we have left? Uh, Gee, I wonder... Who could it be? Could it be Jurassic Express? I don't know. On on the notes that I was given, it, it says Jungle Boy and Lucha Sourus. Yeah, no, my uh, which called uh, speak to text did not like Luchasaurus. Uh, <laughs> we'll roll with it. Uh, <laughs> I love these guys yeah. too. Jungle Express. I mean, uh, I've loved them since. Since the debut of Dynamite, when they uh, when they came out, uh, they've tagged together uh, together in PWG a couple times, as well as uh, a couple other little indie shows. It, the tag team has grown, and it's only been going up. Yes, I have them here in the mid card slot, only and only because they can only move up. Well, the thing is, they're like um, they're like hybrid two in a way, where they were like the, one of the big central focuses when Dynamite first hit the air, and their impact more recently has been really has been really pulled back. Now, like I don't I don't know whether that's you know because they've gone off and had to you know do stuff or whether they were just cycling new talent in, but they're they just haven't been haven't been on there as much and. I'll, I'm sorry, some of that is because, you know, the influx of, of bigger names that AEW got, but I want to see more of these guys. Um, I want to talk about them individually for a second, because Luchasaurus is is one of those things in wrestling where you sort of see what it is, and you're like, okay. And in, in your brain, you kind of make a decision to, like, either go with it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Statlander being the alien is, is my other example for, for AEW. Um, you know, the Fiend is what it is. The Boogeyman back in the day. Uh, Abaddon. Abaddon's great, by the way. Uh, yeah. Very much uh, like creature feature type stuff. I mean, it's goofy as hell. You guys know I love goofy stuff, so it's always going to win for me. Uh, the guy moves like a cruiserweight. Uh, it's kind of scary. The the tail whip thing. Yeah. Uh, the tail whip kick thing that he does is terrifying. The uh, the dialogue, like him being like the intellectual dinosaur, <laughs> is wonderful. You know, he's fighting for dino rights, which I mean, which which reflects the you know the 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 SJW culture of 2020 that I'm not even going to touch tonight. Um, Luchasaurus as a package is great for all yes. the wackiness that wrestling is. Now, it works. On the other side of the coin is a more general conversation that I want to have about 
AEW in general. Because I take the piss out of AEW quite a bit. Because no. oh, so much of their focus... No. So, because so much of their focus is on the legends that they've been able to bring in, which are, are doing their part. The ex-WWE guys, which are bringing in the star power. And the owners of the company, who are still four active wrestlers that I'm sure want to have their own successful careers. Yes. But, all of those aside, you want to talk about this company lasting long term. You want to talk about who's the future of AEW, if that's a big, bold conversation we want to have. There's three names that I'm going to throw out there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say MJF, and I'm not discounting MJF, but MJF's not on my list. The three names that I'm looking at, when I look at this roster that they have, and unfortunately their women's division needs some work, so none of none of the people on my list are women. Um, but you're looking at Darby Allen. Yep. You're looking at Sammy Guevara. Yep. And you're looking at Jungle Boy. Yes. Give me five years, those three in a triple threat match for the AEW championship is a possibility. Shoot, I see that being the next three. I would say five only because I don't want to do it quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want it to be... Like, I want I want uh, Jurassic Express to run its course. I want Darby Allin to be like that Sting, Undertaker, Jeff Hardy-esque mm -hmm. character that sort of is his own story. And if a title comes into it, that's fine. If a title doesn't come into it, that's fine. But he is his own element and i want sammy guevara to be like a little shit disturber in the mid card for a long ass time i want i could definitely see i could see sammy getting the tnt title uh, oh for sure within the next year or so oh yeah no definitely in like two years or less i could see these same three guys having a t uh, triple threat for that title but think about yes. it think about it like um when we talk about a feud like Oh, what's something I can compare it to? Because I've done it before. Uh, Triple H and The Rock is a feud that started when they were, like, really, really small guys at the bottom of the roster. Then they were both on the opposite sides of warring factions. And then they fought for the IC title. And then they fought on pay-per-view in ladder matches for the IC title. And then they started other groups. And then they came back together again for the main title. Like, these are three guys that if you decided to build the company around them, you could do a small feud. And then you could have them involved in some sort of tag team melee. And then you could see them involved in a bigger thing. And then they could come back to each other when the world title was, was in flux. Then they could come back to each other when a pay-per-view slot was... Like, these are three guys that yeah. I think you could keep coming back to. And it could be a long-standing story where you didn't need to build a story each time. It's like, oh, these guys have just floated back into each other's orbit again. Yes. Not the best example, but Randy Orton, John Cena. Yeah, I was, like, to, I was like, thinking the same thing, too. Like, when those two guys crossed paths, like, whenever they decided to do a story with them, you didn't really need to do anything. Like, right. one of the, one of them would come down and stare the other one down, and you have somebody on commentary and be like, well, these guys are no strangers to each other, and the fans know what that means. And you just go right back into it. And then, like I say, you throw a mid-card title into it, and then they all destroy each other over the mid-card title, and then some other rando, like MJF, takes that title away and fucks off and sticks it up his ass and he's not a factor mm -hmm. anymore and then they they feud with each other over the fact that none of them have that title and then through that feud they escalate themselves and they become the main event of dynamite and they become you know the main event of a minor 
pay-per-view or a, or a major elevated Wednesday night show. And eventually, that triple threat match is either for the title or at least for a number one contenders match. Oh, absolutely. Now, on the other side of the coin, you could do the same thing with Luchasaurus when you pair him up with guys like Brian Cage and Wardlow and Archer and all that. And the big, big boys slapping meat. Especially because they're all big, big guys that can move at ridiculously high pace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. Uh, I know right now Miro is not getting the best type of a... Uh, push or whatever you wanted to say, but you throw Miro. I, honestly, I would love to see a match between Miro and Luchasaurus. That or would, Mi- Mi- Miro, and, Miro and Kip Sabian versus uh, Jungle Express or whatever. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. See, here's the thing, and here's the second time, and here's the biggest, the biggest compliment I can give this tag team. And again, it's me putting AEW over WWE. I think this tag team successfully does what WWE really tried to do with Team Hell No. Yes. You've got one, you've got totally opposite characters, but also two wrestlers serving two completely different purposes. You got one guy that's, you know, sort of the undersized, incredibly technical, incredible in-ring wrestler, and one that is a definite, like, created, surreal character. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, Kane, Kane is Luchasaurus, Daniel Bryan is Jungle Boy. And I and I mean both of those in, in complimentary terms. I mean, obviously, Correct. Luchasaurus can do things that Kane definitely right. couldn't do. L- Luchasaurus is a lot more athletic than Kane ever yeah. ever could be. Yeah. But I don't I, mean, I don't want to wipe it off not, as, like... That's not, that's not a dig against Kane. It's, it's a completely different moveset, a comp- completely different mindset of uh, who they are. But it's the same gender... It's the same general thought of yeah. you have this really big guy with a much smaller guy. And see, that, that's that's where I want to draw the line of difference, though, because there's a lot of oddball tag teams yeah. that, were, that were just a big guy and a little guy. Like, um... Jericho. Like, yeah, well, yeah, Jericho, you had Crime Time, unfortunately, Shad Gaspard passing away not too long ago. Yeah. Um, uh, the original LAX in, uh in yes, TNA, Homicide and Hernandez. Now, that's just, yep. a, that, that, it's just a big guy and a little guy. But I think when you get something like Team Hell No, or when you get something like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, you do have, like, an athlete and and a thing and a, and a creature. Something that very, very loosely falls into that not quite, like, you know, the... I don't know what so you call like, it. That that, like, that mythical like gothic not, creature not, type realm. Not to, uh, not not to like point this one out, but uh, who, Rosie and the Hurricane. Mm, I mean, no. small technical guy, bigger monster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I mean, guess I'll, I guess I'll give you that. No, but imagine, imagine or, Bret Bret Hart and the Undertaker. Like yeah. one, one is definitely a character. One is def- definitely like an entity, and the other is a very human, very real, very down to earth person that is an that is an excellent athlete. Those are two very different things to try and play off as as one team, and I think I think that's what I and I never bought the team Hell No thing. I mean, everybody in the YouTube universe knows Deluxe Man hates me because I called out Team Hell No for being shit. Um, but this is the good, successful version of Team Hell No. It's just because you needed to go see Doc- go to see Doctor Show 
Oh my god. Well, I mean, they could send Luchasaurus to Dr. Shelby. He's got 65 million years of pent-up frustration that he needs to talk about. I mean, he already has his master's degree, so I don't know. Next thing next thing you know, you see Luchasaurus refusing to wrestle, and he's just marching around the ring with a big sign that says, Green Lives Matter. God, no. <laughs> oh, wait, he's not a heel, so we're not going to do that. No. Luchasaurus is not a heel. I don't think he could ever be a heel. I, he he is the biggest baby face I think you can honestly say can be a baby face. Jungle Boy has the potential to become a heel because he can easily they can easily if uh, he has it in him. I mean I've never seen him work heel yet, heel before. If they ever did break up Jungle Express and turn Jungle Boy heel, that's the easiest way to get rid of the Jungle Boy moniker. And now he is Jack Perry. Or, no, 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 I'm not a boy anymore. I'm Jungle Man. No, just, no. <laughs> jungle Man. <laughs> no, no, but here's the thing. If you ever want to turn Luchasaurus heel, really, all you need to do is change his name. No, he used to be Luchasaurus. No, he'd have to be Theodore Rex. No, just, no, no. Come on. No. T-Rex. No. It's good. No. Guapo. Luchasaurus, all you do is change his mask uh, instead of green, it turns red. T-Rex. God, I hate you. All right. So... <laughs> no, you don't. You miss me. <laughs> yeah. You were thinking about me your whole anniversary. No, you weren't. That's weird. <laughs> no. God, no. It's tired. <laughs> you sick uh, don't make me preview another AEW show without you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sting. All right. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Sting. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter. At That's good. <laughs> the next, the, they're just uh, following AEW's hot lead because apparently that's all WWE does. Ric Flair is the new NXT champion. Anyways, one, you, you well, were you one player win the women's championship uh, oh. in recent years. We don't need another one. Oh dear God! Yeah, she's coming back soon too. Yeah, and Becky and, Be and Becky and Seth Rollins had their kids, so that's cool. Yep, congrats, Becky and Seth. Yeah, and the kid's name is Roe. Roe. Kid's name is no, Roe. It's not Roe. It's uh, is it Roe or Rue? R O U X. Your guess is as good as mine. R O U. UX. Okay, so for you it might be Roe. For me down here in Cajun, Louisiana, that's a Roe. Fair enough. Hey, but you know what? 2020 kind of sucks, so we need to take the happy shit when we can get it. Absolutely. Anyways, you were you were already kind of doing it, and I cut you off, so tell them where to find you. You can find me at Twitter at uh, guapo underscore 504. You can also find me, me and my buddy Ruffin on Facebook we are the Wednesday Night Wrestling Podcast Show on Facebook. Uh, look us up. Spaz will link us at some point, probably. Uh, give us a like, subscribe. We try to do a show every week. We've been slacking it the past couple weeks because we've both been having some uh, off time uh, with him and his uh, significant other and me and my wife. So, yes, but we hopefully will be coming back soon. You guys going to talk about uh, War Games? 
on Thursday? Maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. We'll see. And to be honest, it really will depend on what happens tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Well, you better get that uh, done and, and watched and recorded real soon, though, because after that, you got to prepare for NXT New Year's Evil. No, thanks. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, and you guys know where to find me. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. We, we have to prepare for, what is it, TLC, right? Nobody's preparing for TLC. <laughs> Except maybe Lana. <laughs> No one cares. All right. <laughs> Lana going through a table. Take 12. No. And you guys know where to find me or you wouldn't be here. Uh, I've been Spaz. He's been Guapo. We are your AEW. A reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to you soon. That's one of you later. But for right now, me and Senor Guapo are tagging out.